No cake and ice cream, though, tonight, unfortunately. So, bummer. All right, uh, Ephesians chapter number 3. Uh, we're going to read verses 13 down through verse number 19. And uh, I might just read verses 20 and 21 just because they're that good. They're, they're not technically part of this prayer, but you just can't. I, I'm just going to read them because they're that good. Okay, Ephesians 3 and verse 13 says, Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, and this verse is amazing, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth, passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then here's verses 20 and 21, not necessarily part of the prayer, but still amazing verses. He says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Without end. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, just a tremendous passage of scripture here. Very rich, very deep. And uh, I'll just kind of warn you, uh, if you're looking for a full understanding of this passage by me explaining it to you tonight, I am going to disappoint you. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, I don't know that anybody is really able to fully grasp all the, uh, the weight of these verses of this particular passage. Uh, but we have started this year uh, this series called Blueprints of Prayer. We're looking at different prayers in the Bible and learning some things that we can apply to our own prayer life. Uh, hopefully we are doing that. We first looked at Jesus' prayer, the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6. We took several weeks to study that. And then we went to Nehemiah's prayer, the, the prayer that sparked a national revival and examined uh, the aspects of that. Then, then last week we, we looked at Paul's prayer request for the Ephesians, his prayer for the Ephesians. But it's a two-part message because Ephesians chapter 1 records his first prayer for the Ephesians, and then chapter 3 records the second prayer for the Ephesians. Um, the first prayer that he had in Ephesians 1, and that was found in verses, um, uh, basically verse number 16 all the way down through uh, really the end of the, end of the chapter there. And uh, in that, we, we saw that he was praying and a lot of times when we have our prayer lists, you know, we have health needs, we have people needing jobs, people needing financial help, uh, relationship issues that need to be, you know, and, and, and again, not wrong to pray for those things whatsoever. In fact, very healthy to do so. But, but that wasn't what Paul was praying for the Ephesians. Uh, that wasn't in his prayer list for them. Uh, his prayer list for them is that they would know and really understand the person of Christ. 
Uh, if you were here last Wednesday, you might remember that. And uh, if not, I'll just give you the quick outline. Uh, but uh, he prayed that they would know and really understand the person of Christ, that they would understand and under, they would know and understand the promises of Christ, and that they would know and understand that they are precious to Christ. Remember that we are His inheritance. He's our inheritance, but we're His inheritance. Now, you compare the two. Um, I think we have the better deal. I mean, we've got the Lord. He's got me. <laughs> Whoopee. Uh, but God says, I really am thankful for that. I, you are my inheritance, he says to me. Amazing. And then he also prayed that they would know and understand the power of Christ, particularly the, that same power that resurrected Christ from the dead is the same power that we have in our life. Uh, the Holy Spirit resides within us, and, and the Holy Spirit uh, empowered Jesus to rise from the grave. That, that same power is available to you and me uh, for our Christian life. Amazing. Uh, and then he also prayed that the uh, Christians there at Ephesus would understand the position of Christ, that he is above all, and as a result of that, we should submit to him. Uh, now, that was a prayer that they would really have some understanding and some knowledge um, in chapter 3, it's a little bit different. Um, it's a little more directed in, in the category of love. And uh, if you would turn to Acts chapter 20. We'll, we'll be back, right back here in a moment. Acts chapter number 20. And uh, we're going to see his heart for the Ephesians, but then also the Ephesians' heart for Paul. Paul definitely expressed his love for this church, and, and uh, he really gave a lot of his energy and time, and he was, his heart, he, you know, as they say, isn't, it, isn't there like a song that says, leave your heart in San Francisco, or something like that? What is that song? Am I even close? I left my heart in San Francisco, that's what it is. Um, Paul would say, I left my heart in emphasis. Um, as far as that goes, I mean, he loved the people there. They loved him. It was a close uh, relationship. Acts chapter 20, uh, look in verse number 17. And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus, called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons... He said, here's what I did for you, with you, when I came last time. Verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. It was an emotional journey being with the church at Ephesus. And he went through all the emotions with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Like it was dangerous for me to be there, uh, to be here at Ephesus with you all. But verse 20, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. He said, you know, I haven't withheld anything from you. I've given you my heart. I've, I've spent and um, I've spent it all for you. Um, and then pick it up in verse 27. Here's just another, you know, illustration. We could go through all of these verses, but for sake of time, verse 27, I have not shunned to declare unto you, all the counsel of God. I, like I didn't, I, before God, as my witness, I've shared everything that I needed to share with you. 
And uh, I really love you enough to tell you the truth in, in all areas. And then uh, look in verse 31. This is a pretty powerful verse. Therefore, watch. He's telling the, uh, the elders there in uh, Ephesus. He says, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So again, he's just explaining the investment that he made in their life and, and, and the fact that it was an emotional drain on him. Not that he regretted it in the slightest, but again, just expressing how much he loved this church. But, but this, this love that he expressed, it was, it was reciprocated. It was mutual as well. If you look in verse number 36, he's basically explaining he's going uh, to be taking off. And so verse 36, when, they had thus spoke, when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Uh, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. So there was just a tremendous relationship of love that Paul had for this church and this church had for Paul. And so now as he writes this book in Ephesians, if you flip back over to Ephesians chapter 3, uh, we can kind of sense a little bit of that heart in this particular prayer of chapter number 3. Um, again, not the typical prayer list for someone. And uh, I'm going to just simplify some of this stuff. Boy, I would invite for those who want to dig a little deeper, this is a deep, a deep ditch that you can, you can dig way deep in and still not get the bottom of it. Uh, tonight, we're just going to scratch the surface of what Paul's trying to communicate here and uh, the prayer requests that he had for the Ephesians. Uh, let's, look at, uh, let's look at them here. And, and uh, he gives three categories of them. There's there's technically a few more within this passage, but we're just going to kind of get the three categories of his prayer requests. First of all, uh, number one, he prayed for spiritual enablement. Spiritual enablement. In verse number 16, here's really the first prayer request that he has for them. That he, the Lord, well, let me, let me back up here to verse number uh, 14. Uh, he said, I don't want you in verse 13 to to quit because I'm dealing with difficulties. I'm in prison right now. No, no. Um, I have actually prayed for you that you would continue on. And uh, here's, here's what it is. In verse 16, here's the first prayer request, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, let me take the first phrase here, that he would grant, grant you according to the riches of his glory. Um, if I were to say, if, if this were, instead of saying according to the riches, if it would say out of the riches of his glory, then, um, then it would start to deplete. His glory would eventually start to uh, go down. But it's not, it doesn't say... Out of the riches of his glory, it says, according to the riches of his glory. Now, the riches of his glory is, he has infinite glory. And uh, out of that, or not out of that, but according to his 
uh, abundant, infinite riches. That's how he prayed that uh, the Lord would uh, be, that the Spirit would strengthen the inner man of these believers. Okay, um, so let's take the, uh, this, the second part of the verse. To be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Now notice it's the inner man that Paul is praying that they would be strengthened. I was thinking about this um, in our culture. The inner man is mostly neglected in our culture today. The outer man, though, that's where the emphasis of our culture is, isn't it? Uh, So much money, so much time. So much emphasis is spent on taking care of the outward man in our culture. Beauty. I was looking at uh, beauty products, not for me personally, but in studying for this, I was like, how much money is spent on beauty beauty products every year? And uh, you'll be glad to know it actually went way down due to COVID because no one was going outside. And they're like, I don't need to put makeup on. I don't think I put makeup on one time in 2020, so uh, I can totally understand that. I also haven't put any on in 2021, just to let you know, okay? You'll be glad to know that. You'll be like, okay, what's (laughs) going on with this guy up here? Um, but, uh, But the idea is that, okay, normally beauty is such a thing that we're all concerned with. We all want to look presentable for everybody else. Uh, we spend money on hair, and of course, uh, my hair bill has gone way down too, uh, and not just since 2020, since way before that, um, since I started letting my wife cut my hair. And so anybody else want to have my wife cut your hair, because this is what happens. <laughs> I remember the first time she, this is back when I did have some hair, and hard to believe that there was a day like that, but yes, there was, and uh, I was going to... Uh, you know, haircutting place in town, uh, barbershop, whatever, uh, supercuts, all those different places. And, uh, and she was like, man, you spend like 16, 18, 20 bucks every time you go. Uh, what if we just spent like 40 bucks and got one of those clippers and I could probably do it? And I'm like, yeah, well, the problem is I don't have a lot of hair to begin with. And, uh, you know, I just, I was real hesitant. And uh, the first time she did cut my hair, she finally talked me into doing it. And uh, the first time was just a, a laugh fest. I mean, it was just a comedy hour because she was laughing and laughing. And she was like, uh-oh. And I'm like, what do you mean, uh-oh? You're not allowed to say uh-oh when you're cutting somebody's hair, okay? <laughs> like, let me see. And she wouldn't let me have a mirror until it was all over. And, you know, it just it wasn't a great experience, let me tell you. Her tip was not amazing. I'll just tell you that, right? <laughs> so... Uh, but we, we spend all this money and, and time and emphasis getting our hair just right. Uh, guys, sometimes, they spend so much time on, uh, you know, going to the gym and working out and all that. And, and we spend mo- money, money, money on clothing. And uh, it, it's, all, it, it's all for the outward appearance. Um, now, this is the bottle. That, uh, the, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are the stewards uh, to be good stewards of this body. Because this is the only vehicle we really have in which to serve the Lord. But uh, so much emphasis is placed on the external and the outward appearance in our society. And, and very little is on the inward man. 
First uh, Samuel sixteen seven says this: The Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth; man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Obviously, this is not to say the outward appearance doesn't matter and that God doesn't care about it, and then we should all stop using makeup, okay? Um, it, if you need to wear makeup, wear makeup, okay? That, that's, not the, that's not the focus of the message tonight, all right? Uh, but he cares much more about the condition of our hearts than he does about the outward appearance. And really, honestly, if our inward man is right and healthy, then it will be reflected on the outward appearance as well. Uh, Matthew 23, Jesus uh, preached his probably most fiery sermon to the Pharisees and the scribes that were only focused on the outward and their, uh, what they did in front of others, how they looked, um, what their activities were that everybody else saw. That's what they were so focused on. And he said, you're just a generation of vipers. You're just a bunch of snakes and you're a bunch of hypocrites. Because all you care about is what everybody else sees, but inside, in your inner man, it's completely rotten. It's full of dead men's bones. He called them, you're like whited sepulchers. You, you, you look beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. And so we need to be careful, and, and it, we all can fall into this, where we just focus on what everybody else sees, and, and we want to make sure everybody else thinks we're spiritual, and we're right with God, and everything is just hunky-dory in our life, but in the, the truth of the matter is, the inward man is, is, is not doing well. And Paul, his, his prayer request for the Ephesians is that, not that they would look right on the outside, is that they would be right on the inside. And that's a great prayer request to pray for one another is that, Lord, help them to be spiritually enabled on the inside, uh, where it matters most, where God is most concerned about. Um, that's where we need to be strengthened by the Spirit. And uh, it's a spiritual, it's, kinda, it, it's not a real practical thing. It, it wouldn't look good to put on a, on a prayer sheet to, to, to put that on here, but that's what Paul put on his, is that uh, we would, uh, that the, the Ephesians... There they would be strengthened with the Spirit. Um, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16. I would encourage you to write that reference down and look it up later. I'll read it. But it says this, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Paul's saying in this verse, look, our outward man, we spend so much time trying to perfect this outward man that's perishing every day and again i'm not saying we should forget health and forget being all that that's that's important but we do that to sometimes the neglect of the inward um, let's make sure that the emphasis in our own life is the inward and then yes take care of the outward be a good steward of the body god gave you take care of it this is the vehicle in which God's given us to serve the Lord. Let's, uh, you know, God has given us some principles in his word regarding our bodies as well. I mean, exercise profiteth little. It does profit. Uh, just the problem is we give so much to that in our own lives or in our culture, I should say, that um, 
it's like everything to some people. And uh, it, it, it profits, but it just profits little. So that's my proof text for not going to the gym. All right. Um, now, we need this spiritual enablement that, the, that my inward man would, would be uh, renewed day by day and that the Lord would strengthen me um, with his might. Uh, why do I need that? So that I can face the temptation uh, that comes my way every day. The struggles of the Christian life that uh, pop up here and there. So that I can serve the Lord with effectiveness and wisdom. So that we can keep the right perspective as we look at what's going on in this world. Uh, I need this spiritual enablement. I need this, my inner man strengthened so that I can be an effective, steady um, Christian that uh, is not going to uh, just go with the flow of everything the culture is doing. And that's why, that's why I want to be, I'd love for you to pray this prayer for me. And uh, I want to be praying this prayer for you is that uh, you are spiritually enabled. Um, how many of you have ever had a, bro- a broken bone and needed a cast? Would you raise your hand? Okay. Um, most of you. I, I've had a pinky, you know, kind of broke my pinky. That doesn't really count. Um, so I'm not, I'm not in the group. Um, but, uh, for those who've had like a, a broken arm or a broken leg, um, and you've had it in a cast for, you know, six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it was, uh, what happens to that muscle in the arm or the leg after that six weeks? It shrinks down, right? It doesn't get all big and bulky like my muscles are right now. Okay. Um, it shrinks and it weakens. And so after that cast comes off, uh, that muscle needs to be built up again. And uh, what happens in, our, in, in a lot of Christians' lives is they kind of stop worrying and thinking about the inner man. And as a result of that, it becomes anemic and weak and atrophy sets in. And our spiritual life is so weak, we, we just... We, we fly off the handle at the littlest things. It's because that inner man has gone so long without being strengthened. And uh, the lightest temptation comes in and whoop, we fall right into it. Because the inner man is so weak, it just there's no strength there. Um, this is why it's important for us to pray for one another along these, way, along these lines. Is that we would be spiritually enabled... And uh, that the Lord would um, keep us spiritually fed and nourished and strong. More important than being physically strong is being spiritually strong. And that's what Paul is saying here. That was his first prayer request. Secondly, um, uh, he prayed for their spiritual experience. And uh, now don't, get, don't worry, I'm not going to go new agey on you uh, tonight. Okay. Ooh, experience. It, it just starts with E, so there you go, okay? Because <laughs> uh, I want to keep it alliterated. But uh, verse number 17, here's, here's what I mean by that, and here's what Paul is praying for the Ephesians. Okay, verse 17, second prayer request, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. So here's what we mean by that. Okay, Christ dwell in your hearts. 
Now, I actually read several commentaries on this passage in studying for tonight's message, and, and most, if not all, mention that this means that Christ does indeed come to dwell with us at the moment of salvation. And that's not what he's referring to here, though. Um, Christ does indeed come into our hearts at the moment of salvation. John 14 and verse 23, this is an interesting verse. Okay, most of us theologically are going, wait a minute, I thought the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us. You're right. But you know what? Uh, John 14, verse 23 tells us that also Jesus comes in and dwells, and also the Father comes in and dwells. Um, the Trinity actually resides in, in, inside of each of us. You say, well, that's, that sounds kind of heresy to me. Hey, take it up with Jesus. Because look what he says in John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So yes, the Holy Spirit indwells us, but Christ also dwells in us. The Father also makes his abode in us as well. Now, that's a mind-blowing truth. My Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Uh, but the point of this, why I bring this up, is because this passage says in Ephesians 3, 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So he's not praying that they would get saved, the Ephesians. They had already been saved. What does he mean then by this? These commentators believe that the dwelling here gives the idea that he should feel at home there. As, as Christ comes in and dwells, and as he is in, here, in, in my life, in my heart, in my soul, that he may dwell there comfortably. Now, all of us have places that we go that we feel really comfortable. Uh, my house being one of them. Or maybe you don't all feel as comfortable as I do in my house. But, you know, if you were to invite me over to your house, I probably wouldn't be like, all right, let's just take off the tie. Let's just unbutton the shirt. And, you know, let me just, you know, put my feet up and, and uh, kick back on the recliner and, you know, take a nap and go to the fridge and take all your milk and eat a pickle. You know, I, I mean, I love you all. I, I honestly don't think I would feel comfortable enough to do that at any of your homes. I go to my home, I do exactly that. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably not going to eat a pickle tonight, but I probably have a glass of milk, won't I, missus? Yes. And uh, I'll probably do all of that. Why? Because I feel at home there. And, uh, you know, in my home, there's not, a, there's not a room that I don't feel comfortable going in. Okay, the boys' room, after they play basketball, okay, it's not my favorite room to go into after they... Uh, you know, take their socks off and stuff, and it's like, okay. But the point is, I feel like I have access and free access to any room in my house, any closet in my house, any drawer. I have access. I feel comfortable dwelling in my home. Okay, the question is, and here's what Paul's prayer for the Ephesians was, is that Christ would feel that comfortable in each of our own hearts. That he would, have, he would have access to any room, and he could just be comfortable. 
Like there wouldn't be a room that, you know, if, if I started going to one of my kids' closets and they're like, oh, you, please don't open that. Well, why not? No, no, just please don't open that. Well, that's going to be like, well, wait a minute, this is my house. I can open that. I'm paying for this house. I paid for that. I'm paying for that closet. You just need to step, step aside, son, unless you want to start paying rent and uh, let me see what's in there because now I'm curious, <laughs> right? Okay, the idea is that there should be no area of our life that, that the Lord doesn't have free access, free reign over. Does he have free reign over every part of your life? Your time, your talent, your treasure, does he have free access in all of those rooms? Or have you given him the key to those? Have you opened the door and say, Lord, you can have each one of these areas of my life? My family, Lord, that you feel free. That family room is all yours. Make yourself at home in my family. Okay, what about my entertainment, my man cave? Lord, just don't go in there, okay? Because there's some things I really would just prefer you stay out of. See, the idea is that Paul was saying, um, I am praying for you Ephesians that Christ may dwell and that he would feel at home and that he would have full reign and be, have unrestricted access to every part of your life. Of course, the question is, do we uh, let him have that type of access? But that is a great prayer to pray for one another. Is that we would grow and start giving him the keys to all the rooms of our house as time goes on. Uh, Lord, you can have my future room. You can have uh, the things that that closet that I keep all my, you know, I, I, I kind of hoard memories and, and bad memories. Uh, my, my son and I yesterday, we were in a home. And uh, they were a hoarder home. It was, uh, it was a little disturbing. And uh, I, I asked him when we got in the truck afterwards, I said, so what were your first impressions of that home? And he was like, wow. <laughs> um, but sometimes we hoard negative memories and, and things that hurt us. Are you going to let him have access to that too? Or you like to keep those there so that you can... Uh, you, you can let the, the devil keep bringing them up in your heart. You get the idea. You get the idea. But uh, then the last part of verse 17 says that ye being rooted and grounded in love, when Christ has unrestricted access in our lives, the result is that Christian, that believer, becomes rooted and grounded in love. And boy, there's a lot in that little phrase, rooted and grounded. There's, there's a couple analogies that he's using. He's using... Um, you know, an agricultural um, uh, plant uh, illustration being rooted and then grounded is a building analogy where you have a firm foundation. Um, and uh, both of those uh, are, are important there, and, and I'll let you do your own study there. But for sake of time, let's move on to number three here. Um, his third prayer request is that they would have spiritual enlightenment. Again, kind of a new agey word too, but basically that they would have an understanding. Um, Verse number 18, and here's what he was praying, that they may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, 
which passeth knowledge. Verse number 19 is kind of a paradox, kind of an interesting like, wait, you just said it passes knowledge and you want them to know it when it can't be known. But Paul here is saying, you know, even to know that the love of Christ is so beyond our knowledge to really just think about it and just go, I can't, I mean, it just does not totally compute. I can't wrap my full brain around it because it is so immense. It is so, so, so wonderful, so huge. And uh, verse number 18 talks about the, the breadth, the height, the depth, and the height, um, the breadth, length, depth, and height. Um, and, and there's a lot to that. But uh, the, the breadth means that Jesus loves all. Uh, Jew, Gentile, red, yellow, black, and white, rich, poor, boy, girl, young, old, accepted in society, unaccepted in society, popular, unpopular. He loves them all. The breadth of his love, the length of his love. He doesn't just love temporarily, does he? His love is not even conditional. His love is forever, and, and the length of his love, the depth of his love. He loved me even in the worst of my sin, and he brought me up out of the miry clay and out of the horrible pit and set my feet upon the rock and established my goings. The depth of his love, the height of his love, the fact that I get to go to a place called heaven, huge. To be able to comprehend that, is what Paul was praying for these Ephesians, that they would understand the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. It really can't be known. Uh, with our very finite minds that are pretty puny, to be honest, okay? Maybe I should, you know, hey, speak for yourself, buddy. Uh, my puny little brain can't quite comprehend, and uh, but he he wants us to be able to understand that, and that's... Uh, that's what Paul's prayer for the Ephesians was. So again, a different, a different prayer request list than what we're used to. As we, you know, you go to the average church and they have a very, probably very similar prayer list as we do. You know, health needs, our country, our church family needs and all of that. And that's fine and wonderful um, and, and good and necessary. But, but here's some spiritual prayer requests that Paul lists for what he was praying for this church that he loved so much and that he knew they loved him too, that, uh, that they would be spiritually enabled and that uh, there would be a spiritual experience so that as Christ dwells in them, that they're allowing him to have free access, feel at home there. You know, when you have people come over, you know, hey, make yourself at home. Uh, maybe you've said that to a guest who came over. Have you said that to the Lord? Have you said, hey, make yourself at home. You're here, and I want you to be content. Or, you know, hey, I'm glad you're here just so that I can go to heaven someday, but I kind of want to have every other room blocked off. We've had people over to our home. Uh, I don't know if I should say this here, but uh, we've had a couple rooms that it's like, hey, just don't take them on like a full-on house tour, if you would, Eric. Because uh, there's a couple rooms that we had to throw things in to make all the rest of it look good, okay? 
Um, maybe nobody else has done that, but we've done that a couple times. And uh, d- is, does the Lord really have access to, to all of your house, of your heart, of, of, of you, is the question there. And then uh, that the Lord would help us understand uh, how great and how big and deep and wide and long his love is for us. And it does pass knowledge, Paul said. So uh, maybe you've read this passage before and, and it just hasn't really clicked with you. It is, it is a very deep passage and there's a much, much more. Uh, we could spend an entire message on each verse um, and uh, we may do so down the road. But for now, uh, those are the three major prayer requests that Paul had for the church there in, uh, in Ephesus. All right, well, let's uh, have a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, take our prayer sheet out and uh, look, at, look at the ones we have listed here. Lord, thank you so much for um, this passage of Scripture, and, and a very high and lofty passage it is. A little, little tough for us to grasp and wrap our heads around. Um, but Lord, I, I thank you for the opportunity to study it today and, and uh, to, to try to help explain some of these uh, concepts that, that Paul mentions here in his prayer prayer for the Ephesians. Lord, I pray that you would help us to uh, think through these in our own hearts, but then utilize these same prayer requests as we pray for one another here in our church. Um, that we would, yes, that we would be healed from the sickness and uh, that we would, uh, you know, have a better job and finances would be good and and uh, the different prayer requests we have listed are, are great to pray for. But the Lord, we would spiritually grow and that we would spiritually be healthy in the inner man. And uh, Lord, I ask that uh, you would, again, help us to uh, live in such a way that we are the answer to the prayer, that, uh, that we would uh, allow you to have free access and free course in our life, and that there's no area that's off limits to you. And uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and take our prayer sheet, and uh, we do want to think through those and uh, apply those to our own uh, prayer life, but but these are some practical ones that we can be praying for as well. I want to mention just a few that we have here that we want to kind of highlight here. We Love More Sunday, once again is coming up this Sunday. We want to make sure that uh, we're praying for that. Um, Then health needs, uh, the one that's bolded there uh, is uh, missionary Russell Brinkley, his son Dylan. Um, A kidney transplant is scheduled for April 29th. Today is April 28th, so that means it's tomorrow. And so uh, let's be praying tomorrow for the Lord to oversee and and, uh, help that uh, surgery to go well. I know they would greatly appreciate that. Um, then one of the other, uh, health needs that, um, I forgot to put on here and that is, uh, Miss Jewel. Um, she ended up, uh, falling a couple times last week and, uh, both times, well, one time needed stitches and the other time, um, I don't know if she needed stitches that, that next time, but she fell again. And um, so we do want to be praying for her recovery. She's, she's back home, and she's, she's in good spirits. But 
Um, but if you saw a picture of her, you'd be going, whoa. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was a little disturbing, but, um, but she's, she's doing better. Do you have any? What's that? Just some bumps and bruises. Yeah, she's pretty bruised up from it. Um, continue to pray for uh, Connie as uh, she continues her treatments. I know that she would appreciate that as well. All right, any other updates to the ones we have here and or new ones tonight? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. And they live in Kansas. Yeah, okay. Got it. Yeah, Kansas and New York. Pretty much the same type of state. <laughs> Pretty close. Not even. I don't, there's probably, uh, that's probably pretty much 180 degree difference. All right. Any others tonight? Yes, ma'am, Miss Aaron. Oh, good. Thank you for that. Ryan Lamb, he's under health needs on the left-hand side, underneath missionaries Bob and Sue Phillips. Any other updates or new ones? Yes, ma'am. Presley's having a CT tomorrow. Okay. Let's pray for Presley as she has that uh, test. That's a CAT scan? Okay. Any others tonight? Yes, ma'am, Miss Stephanie? Yeah, okay. So pray for uh, Marty and Marty's family. What's their last name? So that's your maiden name. Got it. That's what I was... <laughs> so I pray for the Gans as they make their way over. And it's a tough thing. All right, any others tonight? Well, uh, I usually try to remember to ask somebody to pray, and I didn't do that, so I'll go ahead and uh, put myself on the spot tonight, and uh, we'll go ahead and uh, pray, and then we'll be dismissed. I encourage you to take these requests with you and to make them a matter of prayer uh, personally as you go through this week. Uh, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're so grateful to be in your house tonight. Thank you for allowing us to gather together as believers, and uh, it's just great to see each other and uh, to be encouraged in that way and just to fellowship with one another and kind of catch up on the week and how everybody's doing. Uh, that is such a joy, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful part of being uh, a part of a, Christ, uh, a good church family. 
and thank you for this church family that you've assembled here and each one that makes up this church. Um, I do pray, Lord, that uh, you would help them and help me as well, uh, Lord, to uh, be strengthened in the inner man and that, uh, Lord, we would all grow spiritually and, and be strong spiritually so that we can uh, be effective uh, Christians for you as we're out and about and even in our own homes. Lord, I pray that uh, you would allow us to um, uh, have you dwell uh, at home in each of us um, and then help us, Lord, to have a better understanding of your love and to remember it each and every day, to, to think of what you did for us on the cross of Calvary and how you uh, went to so many great lengths to bring us to, to a relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to know those things. Uh, Father, I do want to lift these other requests before you as well. I do want to think of our uh, Sunday coming up, our We Love More Sunday. I do pray, Lord, for all those who have received